Open up your Bible to Revelation 22. I don't want to go to the very last verse, so we'll go to the second to the last verse in the Bible. Actually, the, that's the verse I want to go to. So, Revelation 22, verse 20. And I want to talk this morning, and if I titled this, it would be quickly. And um, this seemed to stand out during the week as I was praying and getting ready. So we're going to look at some different verses uh, that have to do with quickly. And um, Revelation 22, verse 20 says, he who testifies to these things. Now, this is, you know, the book of Revelation is, is an incredible book to people. You know, it's the book like when you first get saved. We've got to read that because, you know, we don't know what it means. There's all kinds of this dragon had ten heads and this person had this and they look like this and you're like, what is this? But it is a fascinating book. But this book was a single revelation that a guy had, uh, John, who was one of Jesus' apostles, one of the people who traveled with him. After Jesus died and rose again, these guys would get thrown in jail. Church tradition, you know, different people have written, said that John, the guy who wrote this, uh, was the only apostle that did not die from martyrdom for his faith. But all the rest did, you know, whether it was Peter who was crucified upside down on a cross, church tradition, you know, like even I believe it's in Fox's Book of Martyrs, they talk about how they tried to martyr John and they tried to boil him in oil and he wouldn't boil. That's pretty good, you know. I mean, I've spilled hot water on myself and was like, ow. And could you imagine, it was almost like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, when he's in the boiling hot water and he starts eating the carrots and, you know, and he's not being cooked. I mean, that really, those things happen. People get thrown in fires, you know, in the Bible and lion's den and they're protected. And so they threw him on this prison island. And while he was on this prisoner island, he had this revelation and at the end of this revelation, these words are fascinating. Verse 20, he who testifies to these things or shares this revelation says, surely I'm coming quickly. Amen, or so be it. And then, even so, come Lord Jesus. That's a huge statement. You know, at some things you know, that are written in the Bible, take on different meaning when we get into different times. You know, I mean, there are certain prophecies of Scripture that a hundred years ago, 500 years ago, had value, but they didn't have a present value. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, uh, they, they have a value because they're written by God, but you can't apply it right now. Let me say it like this. This may help you. I used to watch The Twilight Zone. Anybody ever watch that? And there was these guys that robbed this bank and they went into this cave and they sealed the cave and they got all in these time capsule things and all of a sudden they woke up, you know, in a couple hundred years and they had all this gold and they thought it didn't work and they looked over and one of the 
time capsules had cracked and, and the guy's like a skeleton. It's been hundreds and hundreds of years. And so they're like, cool, we've got all this gold, we're going to be rich. And they, they start fighting among each other and doing each other wrong because they're wanting the gold. And finally, one guy goes out to the, they make their way to this road and, and they're like starving and hungry. And he said, they stopped this vehicle because it's in the future. And he's like, take me to the town. He's all, please, I'll give you a bar of gold. You know, they're all fighting. He's all like, what do I want for that? That stuff's worthless now. And they're all treating each other wrong and doing all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, what happened was that gold in the future wasn't worth any value. But on the opposite, there are some things that when you get into the future, the value all of a sudden becomes great. Like if the Bible said that before the Lord comes back, Israel would be kicked out of their land, and then right before the end, they would be brought back. They had been kicked out for 2,000 years. And in 47, they came back. 67, they got the capital or certain chunks of land. And then just during the last presidency, they now recognize Jerusalem as the capital. And the Bible said Jerusalem will be trampled under feet by the Gentiles until the end, you know, right before the end. And so we recognize that there are some scriptures that mean more at different times, so to speak. Like this, surely I'm coming quickly. He is coming quickly. And so John responds and said, even so, Come. Now look at uh, Romans, the 13th chapter. And it's very interesting that, uh, that the Lord said that way back then. But do you know the Lord can take scriptures and quicken them to us so that we know that when he means he's coming quickly, there is something on that verse. It's not just we're reading a verse, come quickly, Lord, I'm not liking this please. No, he's saying I'm coming quickly. And if he says that, I know some years back the Lord dealt with me about his coming being soon. But, you know, we can get busy in life and not realize, you know, how soon it really is. And so God will get our attention. We've probably all done this on the freeway, been driving along, got distracted, and all of a sudden we looked up and went, there's my exit, I've got to get all the way over. You know, evasive maneuvers or offensive whatever, here we go, you know, like you're in a boat, just, and you just start turning. And, you know, I've got to make it over there or I'm going to miss my turn. And, you know, people can do that in life. They can be cruising along thinking it's just good and, all, and, and it, is, it may be good, but not realize we're about to get off. And so here in uh, Romans 13, 11, it says this, and do this, do this. This was written to Christians and he said, do this. 
But notice he gives context to what you're to do. He said, do this knowing the time. Because you know the time. And in our case, it's he's coming quickly. And knowing the time that now it is high time to wake up out of sleep. For now our salvation, or literally the return of the Lord, is nearer than when we first believed. Notice, he said, knowing this, do this. Because his return is sooner than people recognize. And so he said, wake up. Now, understand this, not every Christian has to wake up. And there's a difference between waking up and getting saved. Getting saved doesn't mean I change my lifestyle. Getting saved means I receive Christ. He makes me brand new and gives me new life. This is a verse of Scripture to people who are alive, who have received eternal life. And this is not all Christians, but some are sleeping. Sleeping can look like, you know, inactivity. In other words, they're not doing as they ought to be doing. And so when he says, wake up, this isn't for every Christian. But if a Christian is sleeping, he said this, do this knowing the time. You know, have you ever uh, had one of those Days where you uh, went to take a nap, maybe after you got off work, and you woke up a half hour later and went, oh, I slept the whole night in the, uh, into the next day. I missed work. Anybody ever done that before? Hey, this isn't going to work if you don't respond. Okay. <laughs> now, don't just raise your hands. They're like, okay, we'll do it. All right. No, but, you know, I've done that before, especially when I was in school, you know, college. I would be like... I mean, you're just running, and I would remember, you know, okay, I got to do this, do this, and you're my, and then I got 30 minutes, I'm going to take a nap, and then you sleep so hard, you wake up, and you're like, I missed work, I'm late for school, oh, and it takes you a few minutes to realize, wait a minute, it hasn't happened yet, and you know, people who are asleep are not alert to what's really going on. And so he said, you know, when the clock is at a certain place, do this, wake up. Wake up. Are you with me? That means do certain things. Now, turn with me to Acts 10, and we're going to look at these things. If, if the Lord is coming quickly, then I think that it would be important for our response to him in life to be quick. Let me say that again. Our response to him should also be quick. Notice this Acts 10, verse 30 through 33. It says, And, and said Cornelius, your prayers, this, this angel appears, I'm sorry, wrong verse. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me 
in bright clothing. It was an angel. And he said, Cornelius, your prayers, your prayer has been heard. And your alms or your charitable giving are remembered in the sight of God. Notice this, Cornelius didn't know the Lord. And the Lord, but he wanted to know the Lord. He was reaching out toward God and he was praying. It seems like he was a pretty decent guy. He would help people, but he didn't know the Lord. And an angel comes to him and verse 32 says this, Send therefore to Joppa and call for Simon here, or call him to come here, whose name is, surname is Peter. He is lodging at the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So we get this picture here that the Lord is trying to answer the cry of a person, you know, who's looking for him. And notice an angel came, but an angel didn't tell him how to get saved. Do you know why? The same reason your brother's not supposed to take out the trash. Because mom said, you take it out. How come? Because I told you so. It's your assignment this week. Are you with me? And so that's exactly what happened here is this angel said, here's where you can go and find out and go get this guy and you can find out. But the assignment was given to humans to share. And God is a God of order. I mean, I know, wouldn't it be nice if we could just go, oh Lord, send all the angels out there and just reach everybody right now because I'm busy. And the Lord's like, I knew it. There they go. No, it's our assignment. You know, once you grow up and then you get to your own house and you don't have kids yet, if the trash is going to get taken out, you do it or it don't happen. Let that sink in. Sheesh. You know, or you hire somebody to take it out. But there is a responsibility. God gave that responsibility to humans, not to angels. And it says when he comes, he'll tell you what to do. He'll speak to you. Verse 33. So I sent to you immediately, or literally, it was like quickly I did it. And then he said, you have done well to come. And we know if you read the whole story, both of them acted quickly. What if, what if uh, Cornelius didn't act quick? Peter might have been gone from Simon the Tanner's house because he didn't live there. He was staying there at that time. Or what if Peter said, you know, I'm just too busy to do this. But look at them, they both responded quickly. And it says, we are all present here. And he said, you did well to respond quickly. He said, we're all present here before God to hear all the things commanded by you. And it's amazing that both of them responded in an orderly, quick fashion. And in that context, God was able to do something tremendous. I wonder if 
miracles and wonderful things are put off or delayed by a slow response. Not from God. You know, the children of Israel said, we can't go up and take the land. It took 40 years later till those same walls fell down. And he said, and one of the guys, Joshua and Caleb, both of them said, let us go up at once. I mean, he was like, let's do it now. Let's act on this. He said, it will happen if we do it. And they said, no, we can't. And it delayed the whole thing. But notice, if you read on, while he starts preaching, uh, they're, they're doing their part, and God starts working tremendously among them. I mean, in a powerful way. Look over here in Acts 12. Another time that quickly mattered. Acts 12, verse 7. Peter is in jail for serving God. It says, verse 7, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. And a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter. On his side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. It's interesting that this angel struck him and told him, Rise up quickly. Respond to what God is saying now. And this miracle. Uh, you know, had an expiration date. What if he would have said, I can't. I've got chains. I've got this bondage on my life. I, I can't. But he didn't. He tapped him or hit him and said, rise up. And as he did, if you look, the chains fell off. You know, I remember uh, there's a minister, his name's Arthur Blessed. Some of you may know him. He carried a cross around the world m maybe multiple times, you know, with the wheel. And it's a, he, he's just a cool testimony. It took him like 30-something years to do it. He still is alive doing it today, and he preaches everywhere. But what happened to him was he was called the minister on uh, the Sunset Strip Minister where the nightclubs are in Southern California during the Jesus movement in the late 60s. One day he got inspired and said, I'm going to build this big cross and I'm going to hang it in, inside this little coffee shop. And, uh, and then, you know, everybody is going to be able to see because he owned this little outreach thing and he'll be able to witness and so he made this cross, and then the Lord spoke to him and said, now, you know, sometime later, now I want you to carry that cross around the world and be a witness to me. And he said, I probably would have built it smaller. <laughs> Problem was, right before it happened, he had a brain aneurysm, bleeding on the brain. He went into the hospital, and uh, he said, oh, Lord, uh, what am I going to do? And you know the only thing the Lord said? I told you already what to do. I already told you what to do. Well, he had chains. 
They told him, you can't go walk anywhere, let, around, let alone go walk across the United States. But he already knew what to do. And you know what he did? He rose up quickly. He went and put a wheel on the thing and started walking. He acted on what God said and the chains fell off and he never had a problem again. Never. But he started acting and he acted quickly. He didn't go, maybe this isn't the best time. He said, I just set off and I obeyed and I did it then. And there is something to be said. Like this right here, you know, he, he said, he struck him saying, rise up. And it seems to be that these things happened all in one motion. As he began to act on what God said, chains fell off. Some people are waiting for everything to be perfect before they step out. Everything's not in order yet. Therefore, I can't step out. If the Lord is saying step out, then step out quickly. That's where miracles take place. That's where God undergirds you. That's where you're relying on him and not on you. And I'll tell you what, it can be like, how can this be? But if you read the Bible, this is how it is. You can't wait always till everything is in order. Well, if everything be perfect, I'll go ahead and I'll obey. Things become right when we do obey and therefore, like him, he told him, do it quickly. I mean, the longer he would have waited, the longer he would have been there. The quicker he acted, the quicker God moved. But here's the thing. Even when he, if you read on in the story, when he acted, he needed more than one thing other than just the chains. Because you stand up and you're in prison and guess what? The doors are still closed. Back then, there were city gates that they would close at night so cities wouldn't be taken over or attacked. And so when he gets up, he starts obeying. The chains fall off. He heads to the door and these are the first, you can read this, we don't have time. These are the first automatic doors. This is long before grocery stores when you walked up and it went, mm, mm. it said they opened to him of his own accord. It didn't open until he got walking to it. And he didn't know how it was going to happen, but it just opened. Because when we act in faith, God is obligated when we act on the word of God. And he just walked and all of a sudden he got to the door and it opened. Then he kept going, and he gets to the city, and all of a sudden, what are we going to do here? And the city gate, bigger this time, opened of its own accord, it said to him. Then it said that angel who was right by him, all of a sudden he got through the gate, and the thing disappeared. But it all started with him responding quickly to the thing he knew. Turn with me to another one, Luke 19. Matthew, Mark, Luke, the 19th chapter. Here's another quickly in the Bible. 
You know, one thing about doing things quickly is it keeps you out of the realm of reason. That's where you need not be. Let me say that again. It keeps you out of the realm of reason where you do not need to be at times. Peter, Jesus said, come. Immediately he got out of the boat. He did it quick. What if he would have sat there and looked at the storm and went, whoa. Well, he did that after he got out though. But he was doing it at first because he acted before he could reason it out. Hallelujah. And if we can stay out of the realm of reason and just trust and act on the Word of God and not be moved at different things like, "Uh uh-oh, there's a door that's closed, keep going. I mean, remember Jesus when He died and He was buried and there were some ladies who said, let's go dress his, His body and things and they brought different spices and stuff. They didn't know how they were going to do it. They just headed to the tomb and they had this stuff and that thing by the time they got there was open. Are you with me? And they were the first ones to have an encounter with an angel who told them what happened. Luke 19, verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold... There was a man named Zacchaeus. Ever remember hearing this story, Zacchaeus? The little guy, the tax collector, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. So you get this story where you see this little guy in a crowd of people, uh, or short compared to others in this crowd, and he wants to see Jesus. He wants to observe him and have some kind of encounter with him and it's not happening because the crowd he's with they're really blocking him from uh, seeing the Lord properly and you know that can happen to people some people hang around with crowds of people they shouldn't be hanging around with and they block you know that person or people block the view so to speak and so He does something dramatic that the crowd is not doing. He looks at the direction they're going, and he goes, they're going down this street. There's a sycamore tree up there. I'm I'm going up there, and I'm going to position myself to have an encounter with the Lord. So he ran up the road. He got out of the crowd And that can be a good thing. Or the crowd way and the crowd method. Because if you hang with the crowd and the crowd is hindering you, maybe there should be an adjustment. Whatever the crowd is. And he ran up, climbs up this tree, he positions himself 
in this tree to see Jesus as he comes walking. And notice this in verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, Zacchaeus. So he's walking down and he looks up and there's a guy sitting in the tree. This guy is wanting to see the Lord. He's wanting some kind of encounter with the Lord. And so he starts doing something against the crowd. That's not always popular. And it takes effort. He didn't just, he had to run. He had to get at a different pace than the crowd. And then he had to climb. And he's a short guy, so it makes it a bigger fall. For those height deficient people. And even still, six feet tall, you get up 20 feet, you're going to bump your noggin, as they used to say. If you don't know what that is, just write that down. Bump your noggin. Look it up. It means hit your head. Smack. So he's up there, and he's trying to see Jesus, and he's doing everything in his own natural might and strength. But then it says, Jesus looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Make haste. The New Living Translation says, quickly, come down. So Zacchaeus, he said, quickly, come down, or make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Think of what is about to transpire. It's been his own effort. He's been seeking after the Lord. He's been making adjustments. He hasn't hit the, the gold yet. He hasn't struck oil, so to speak. But he's been putting in the effort to do what it takes. And then when he's positioned, the Lord starts talking to him. And he said, today I must go into your house. But notice he said, you need to make one more response and you need to do it quickly. Quickly. Do it, and do it quick. You know, there's some things that have to be done quickly. I mean, I can think of times like this, this guy, I was in his wedding when I was a little kid. I was a ring bear. I looked pretty sharp bow tie, about that high. They had me in the wedding. All I had to do was hold the pillow, walk next to this little girl. Couldn't even do that. Ooh. So, okay, you go by yourself, then we'll let her go. She was trying to take up space. I mean, you know, she was... I needed the runway. No, I just was like, I don't want to do that. So years later, he, he, I see this guy, and uh, we were get, visiting my great-grandmother, who was like 108 or something like that, literally. And uh, he was in there because he had had an infection, and he got a little bit of gangrene. He looked great. He was probably in his 40s. I went into the one room to see my great-grandmother, was walking out, and they said, oh, so-and-so's down there. Well, you know, of course, I have this great connection with him. I was his ring bearer. 
And I remember looking in the room and the Lord dealt with me, you need to witness to him and talk to him. And I said, oh Lord, no. There's people in there. And I said, I'll do it, but I'll wait for them to leave. And there were people in there, you know, just talking to him, you know, doing their just, it was just like the housekeeper type thing, you know. And, um, and this is at a place that's, you know, for recovery. And uh, I said, Lord, they're all in there. You know, you want me to do it? I can come back. I'll be back in a couple days. Before I got back, he's gone. He's gone. Like he died. He didn't know the Lord. I was like, oh, Lord, I am so sorry. I needed to do that and do it quickly and not reason. What, you might say, what if he didn't accept? What, that somebody had been praying for him. There was some kind of connection, just like in that story earlier where God worked on Cornelius and worked on Peter. And there are people who are in need, and even, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he would have. I remember one time I was driving, and there was this guy, and you guys would know him, if you've watched like different things, but he's a, he was a bit actor and uh, he uh, played in Blazing Saddles. I'm not recommending that, but he was one of the guys and he was in commercials and different things like that. And he lived up the street from my uh, from where I grew up. And one day I was driving and the Lord dealt with me and he was in this car and uh, he said, you need to talk to him. I'm like, great. I literally followed him home. Isn't that great? I knew what the Lord wanted me, wanted me to lead him to him. And I'm like, you know, but you miss on one. I don't want to miss on two or three. And I remember pulling up and said, hey, you know, I know you know my mom because where he would shop and you know they live down the street and and I'm going through this and oh yeah 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 I said you know I'm the son you know I'm a, I, I, I and I start telling him the Lord dealt with me to talk to you he said all right he's not saved I get to lead him to the Lord right there I mean he looked totally fine and just within a short time, he's gone. I mean, weeks. I was like, ooh. Sometimes quickly is maybe more important than we recognize. And so here we see he said, come down quickly. Well, the Lord kept traveling. And if he wouldn't have done it quickly, then the Lord would have been down the road doing his thing somewhere else. So he responded quickly, and if you go read through the rest of the story, you know, he, he, his whole life was revolutionized by this encounter with the Lord. Let's, let's close right here in Luke 14. Luke 14. Quickly, things need to be done. Hey, if the Lord tells you to serve, do it quickly. If the Lord tells you to give, do it quickly. If he tells you to do certain things, do it quickly. I know this, for people who are saved, your spiritual development is connected to how quick you respond. 
if I delay my response, so my spiritual development is delayed. That doesn't mean God didn't love you. doesn't mean you're not in church. It just means it becomes delayed. Usually, what starts happening is frustration will set in. Why? Because there's an inward conflict. I know what to do. I'm not doing it. I know the Lord's saying do it. I need to do it, and I need to do it quickly. And then conflict sets in. And then I'm out here looking like, hey, everybody, but in here, I'm conflicted. Well, what's the remedy? Do it quickly. Then your growth, spiritual development, will begin to occur. Amen. Oh, I know, I know. Because we don't want to be conflicted. I mean, because you can lose perspective about spiritual things that way too. Hallelujah. We ready? Luke 14, verse 15. And I know that that may be for one or two people, whoever, you know, but it is something to realize that uh, growth, even with God, is not, you know, just because I read just because I go to church, it literally is because I walk with him and respond to him. Luke 14, verse 15, it says this, Now, when one of those who sat down at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, to the Lord, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Hey, someday, we're not only going to eat with you here, we're going to eat in your kingdom. That's going to be awesome. And just the way the Lord is, he told a story or a parable. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper, invited many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, come. For all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. Wow. Just because you reach out to somebody and they don't come and they make an excuse doesn't mean there isn't somebody. And that's part of the moral of the story but it's interesting, there were people who were supposed to respond, and they wouldn't respond, and they made excuses. An excuse is something that's just not legit. And so it says, but they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said, this is the first excuse, to him, I have bought a piece of ground and uh, I must go and see it. In other words, you know, I got to check out my investment. You know, I got this land. I got this property. And so he said, I ask you that I may be excused. In other words, I don't have to do or be where I need to be, where the Lord is calling me, because I have a real investment here. The Lord said, that's an excuse. 
He, he wasn't in the position. Now notice he sent somebody to go talk to him. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going to be going to test them. You know, see how this works. Bought a new tractor. Got to check it out. You know, whatever it is. And he said, I asked you to have me excused. Isn't it interesting? The Lord called it an excuse. He said, I need to be excused. In other words, I have an excuse. Still another said, I have married a wife. I got family stuff going on. We got this with the family. I got that with the family. I cannot come. Notice, he was more definitive and said, I can't. But the Lord said that was an excuse. Isn't it interesting, the degree of how things are looked at from individuals, but the Lord gave it the same thing. If he says do something, we do it. And he sent his servants, like it could be us, his servants, who we go talk to people. So that servant came and reported these things, verse 21, to his master and the master of the house being angry. Said to his servant, go out quickly. Go out quickly. In other words, we don't have time. Everything's ready. We're near the time of this banquet. We don't have a bunch of time to fool around. He said, go out quickly. Those people made excuses. They don't want to be there. There are people who do want to be there. And into the streets and in the lanes of the city. And notice the first time he sent them, he said this. Go say to them because they've been invited to come. But they made excuses. This time, he didn't say they were invited. He said, don't, he didn't say, go say to them. He said, go bring them here. Bring them in here. Notice that. Go get them and bring them in here. He said, the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. He said, I don't care who they are. You go get them and bring them. The people who felt like they had enough and they were too, got too much in life to go do this, go find the people that recognize that they don't got it and bring them. You know, the founder Booth uh, of the Salvation Army, uh, in, when he, you know, most people know the Salvation Army, you know, the guys at the store with the little bell and the red thing and the little kettle and they put the money in it. That's the Salvation Army. The Salvation Navy is the ones in the boat with the little... Never mind. There's no Salvation Navy. But these guys back in the day, the way that organization started was they wanted to reach whoever they could reach and it was from these types of verses and the churches didn't want it because they just weren't the good people. So they gave him the boot. And after a hundred and something thousand people came to his meetings and they won over a hundred thousand within a year or two, uh, they said, oh, come back. But they started bringing people in. But the statement, if the Lord is coming quickly, 
then quickly these things must happen. And he said, go bring them in. And his servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there's still room. Isn't it interesting that all these quickly things, quickly, quickly, if you want to see a miracle, quickly act on the word. If, if you want to see God do things or you develop, quickly respond. Hallelujah. And we'll, we'll be setting the ball in motion, so to speak.